Section thirty four of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume four by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Four, translated by Richard Burton, Section Thirty Four, Three Hundred and Forty Third Night to Three Hundred and Forty Sixth Night. When it was the Three Hundred and Forty Third Night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious King, that quoth Al Malik Al Nasir to the Three Valis i desire each of you to recount me the marvellousest thing that hath befallen him during his term of office so they answered we hear and we obey then said the chief of the police of cairo know thou o our lord the sultan the most wonderful thing that befell me during my term of office was on this wise and he began the story of the chief of police of cairo there were in this city two men of good repute fit to bear witness in matters of murder and wounds but they were both secretly addicted to intrigues with low women and to wine-bibbing and to dissolute doings nor could i succeed do what i would in bringing them to book and i began to despair of success so i charged the taverners and confectioners and fruitiers and candle-chandlers and the keepers of brothels and bawdy-houses to acquaint me of these two good men whenever they should anywhere be engaged in drinking or other debauchery or together or apart and ordered that if they both or if either of them bought at their shops aught for the purpose of basile and carousel the vendors should not conceal it from me and they replied we hear and obey Presently it chanced that one night a man came to me and said, O oh, my master, know that the two just men, the two witnesses, are in such a street, in such a house, engaged in abominable wickedness. So I disguised myself, I and my body-servant, and ceased not trudging till I came to the house, and knocked at the door, whereupon a slave-girl came out and opened to me, saying, Who art thou? I entered without answering her, and saw the two legal witnesses, and the housemaster sitting, and lewd women by their side, and before them great plenty of wine. When they saw me, they rose to receive me, and made much of me, seating me in the place of honour, and saying to me, Welcome for an illustrious guest, and welcome for a pleasant cup companion. And on this wise they met me without showing a sign of alarm or trouble. Presently the master of the house arose from amongst us, and went out and returned after a while with three hundred dinars, when the men said to me, without the least fear, Know, O our lord the valley, it is in thy power to do even more than disgrace and punish us, but this will bring thee in return nothing but weariness. So we reck thou wouldst do better to take this much money and protect us. For Almighty Allah is named the Protector, and loveth those of his servants, who protect their Moslem neighbours. And thou shalt have thy reward in this world, and due recompense in the world to come. So I said to myself, 
I will take the money and protect them this once. But if ever again I have them in my power, I will take my wreck of them, for, you see, the money had tempted me. Thereupon I took it, and went away, thinking that no one would know it. But next day, on a sudden, one of the Kazi's messengers came to me and said to me, O Wali, be good enough to answer the summons of the Kazi who wanteth thee. So I arose and accompanied him, knowing not the meaning of all this. And when I came into the judge's presence, I saw the two witnesses and the master of the house, who had given me the money, sitting by his side. Thereupon this man rose, and sued me for three hundred dinars, nor was it in my power to deny the debt, for he produced a written obligation, and his two companions, the legal witnesses, testified against me that I owed the amount. Their evidence satisfied the Kazi, and he ordered me to pay the sum. Nor did I leave the court till they had of me the three hundred gold pieces. So I went away in the utmost wrath and shame, vowing mischief and vengeance against them, and repenting that I had not punished them. Such, then, is the most remarkable event which befell me during my term of office. Thereupon rose the chief of the Bulak police, and said, As for me, O our lord the Sultan, the most marvellous thing that happened to me since I became Wali was as follows, and he began the story of the chief of the Bulak police. I was once in debt to the full amount of three hundred thousand gold pieces, and being distressed thereby, I sold all that was behind me and what was before me, and all I hent in hand, but I could collect no more than an hundred thousand dinars. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and forty-fourth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wali of Bulak continued, so I sold all that was behind and before me, but could collect no more than an hundred thousand dinars, and remained in great perplexity. Now one night, as I sat at home in this state, behold, there came a knocking. So I said to one of my servants, See who is at the door. He went out and returned, one of face, changed in countenance, and with his side muscles a-quivering. So I asked him, what aileth thee and he answered there is a man at the door he is half naked clad in skins with sword in hand and knife in girdle and with him are a company of the same fashion and he asketh for thee so i took my sword and going out to see who these were behold i found them as the boy had reported and said to them what is your business they replied of a truth we be thieves, and have done fine work this night. So we appointed the swag to thy use, that thou mayst pay therewith the debts which sadden thee, and deliver thee from thy distress. Quoth I, Where is the plunder? And they brought me a great chest full of vessels of gold and silver, which when I saw, I rejoiced and said to myself, Herewith I will settle all claims upon me, and there will remain as much again. So I took the money, and going inside said in my mind, It were ignoble to let them fare away empty-handed, whereupon I brought out 
the hundred thousand dinars i had by me and gave it to them thanking them for their kindness and they pouched the monies and went their way under cover of the night so that none might know of them but when morning dawned i examined the contents of the chest and found them copper and tin washed with gold worth five hundred dirhams at the most and this was grievous to me for i had lost what monies i had and trouble was added to my trouble such then is the most remarkable event which befell me during my term of office then rose the chief of the police of old cairo and said o oh, our lord the sultan the most marvellous thing that happened to me since i became wali was on this wise and he began the story the chief of the old cairo police i once hanged ten thieves each on his own gibbet and especially charged the guards to watch them and hinder the folk from taking any one of them down next morning when i came to look at them i found two bodies hanging from one gallows and said to the guards who did this and where is the tenth gibbet but they denied all knowledge of it and i was about to beat them till they owned the truth when they said know o emir that we fell asleep last night and when we awoke we found that some one had stolen one of the bodies gibbet and all so we were alarmed and feared thy wrath but behold up came a peasant fellow driving his ass whereupon we laid hands on him and killed him and hanged his body upon this gallows in the stead of the thief who had been stolen now when i heard this i marvelled and asked them what had he with him and they answered he had a pair of saddle-bags on the ass quoth i what was in them quoth they we know not so i said bring them hither and when they brought them to me i bade open them behold therein was the body of a murdered man cut in pieces now as soon as i saw this i marvelled at the case and said in myself glory to god the cause of the hanging of this peasant was none other but his crime against this murdered man and thy lord is not unjust towards his servants and men also tell the tale of the thief and the shroff a certain shroff bearing a bag of gold pieces once passed by a company of thieves and one of these sharpers said to the others i and i only have the power to steal yonder purse so they asked how wilt thou do it and he answered look ye all and followed the money-changer till he entered his house when he threw the bag on a shelf and being affected with diabetes went into the chapel of ease to do his want calling to the slave-girl bring me a ewer of water she took the ewer and followed him to the privy leaving the door open whereupon the thief entered and seizing the money-bag made off with it to his companions to whom he told what had passed and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the three hundred and forty-fifth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the thief took the money-bag and made off with it to his companions to whom he told what had passed said they by allah thou hast played a clever trick tis not every one could do it 
but presently the money-changer will come out of the privy and missing the bag of money he will beat the slave-girl and torture her with grievous torture tis as though thou hast at present done nothing worthy of praise so if thou be indeed a sharper return and save the girl from being beaten and questioned quoth he inshallah i will save both girl and purse then the prig went back to the shroff's house and found him punishing the girl because of the purse so he knocked at the door and the man said who is there cried the thief i am the servant of thy neighbour in the exchange whereupon he came out to him and said what is thy business the thief replied my master saluteth thee and saith to thee surely thou art deranged and thoroughly so to cast the like of this bag of money down at the door of thy shop and go away and leave it had a stranger hit upon it he had made off with it and except my master had seen it and taken care of it it had assuredly been lost to thee so saying he pulled out the purse and showed it to the shroff who on seeing it said that is my very purse and put out his hand to take it but the thief said by allah i will not give thee this same till thou write me a receipt declaring that thou hast received it for indeed i fear my master will not believe that thou hast recovered the purse unless i bring him thy writing to that effect and sealed with thy signet seal the money-changer went in to write the paper required and in the meantime the thief made off with a bag of money and thus was the slave-girl saved her beating and men also tell a tale of the chief of the Kus police and the sharper it is related that allah al-din chief of police at Kus, was sitting one night in his house when behold a personage of handsome appearance and dignified aspect came to the door accompanied by a servant bearing a chest upon his head and standing there said to one of the wali's young men go in and tell the emir that i would have audience of him on some privy business so the servant went in and told his master who bade admit the visitor when he entered the emir saw him to be a man of handsome semblance and portly presence so he received him with honour and high distinction seating him beside himself and said to him what is thy wish replied the stranger i am a highwayman and i am minded to repent at thy hands and turn to almighty allah but i would have thee help me to this for that i am in thy district and under thine inspection now i have here a chest wherein are matters worth some forty thousand dinars and none hath so good a right to it as thou so do thou take it and give me in exchange a thousand dinars of thine own monies lawfully gotten that i may have a little capital to aid me in my repentance and save me from resorting to sin for my subsistence and with allah almighty be thy reward speaking thus he opened the chest and showed the wali that it was full of trinkets and jewels and bullion and ring gems and pearls whereat he was amazed and rejoiced with great joys so he cried out to his treasurer saying bring hither a certain purse containing a thousand dinars and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say
When it was the three hundred and forty-sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wali cried out to his treasurer, saying, Bring hither a certain purse containing a thousand dinars, and gave it to the highwayman, who took it, and thanking him, went his way under cover of the night. Now, when it was the morrow, the emir sent for the chief of the goldsmiths, and showed him the chest, and what was therein. But the goldsmith found it nothing but tin and brass, and the jewels and bezel stones and pearls all of glass, whereat the valley was sore chagrined, and sent in quest of the highwayman, but none could come at him. And men also tell the tale of Ibrahim bin al-Mahdi and the merchant's sister. The caliph al-Ma'amun once said to his uncle Ibrahim bin al-Mahdi, Tell us the most remarkable thing that thou hast ever seen. Answered he, I hear and obey. O commander of the faithful, know that I rode out one day a pleasuring, and my ride brought me to a place where I smelt the reek of food. So my soul longed for it, and I halted. O prince of true believers, perplexed and unable either to go on or to go in. Presently I raised my eyes, and lo, I espied a lattice window, and behind it a wrist, then which I never beheld aught lovelier. The sight turned my brain, and I forgot the smell of the food, and began to plan a plot how I should get access to the house. After a while I observed a tailor hard by, and going up to him saluted him. He returned my salam, and I asked him, Whose house is that? And he answered, It belongeth to a merchant called such an one, son of such an one, who consorteth with none save merchants. As we were talking, behold, up came two men of comely aspect, with intelligent countenances, riding on horseback. And the tailor told me that they were the merchant's most intimate friends, and acquainted me with their names. So I urged my beast towards them, and said to them, Be I your ransom, Abu Fulan awaiteth you. And I rode with them both to the gate, where I entered, and they also. Now when the master of the house saw me with them, he doubted not but I was their friend. So he welcomed me, and seated me in the highest stead. Then they brought the table of food, and I said in myself, Allah hath granted me my desire of the food, and now there remained the hand and the wrist. After a while we removed for carousel to another room, which I found tricked out with all manner of rarities, and the host paid me particular attention, addressing his talk to me, for that he took me to be a guest of his guests, whilst in like manner these two made much of me, taking me for a friend of their friend, the housemaster. Thus I was the object of politest attentions till we had drunk several cups of wine, and there came in to us a damsel, as she were a willow wand, of the utmost beauty and elegance, who took a lute, and playing a lively measure, sang these couplets. Is it not strange one house us two contain, and still thou drawest not near, or talk we twain? Only our eyes tell secrets of our souls, and broken hearts by lovers' fiery pain. 
winks with the eyelids, signs the eyebrow nose, languishing looks and hands saluting fain. When I heard these words, my vitals were stirred, O commander of the faithful, and I was moved to delight for her excessive loveliness and the beauty of the verses she sang. And I envied her her skill and said, There lacketh somewhat to thee, O damsel. Whereupon she threw the lute from her hand in anger and cried, Since when are ye wont to bring ill-mannered louts into your assemblies? Then I repented of what I had done, seeing the company vexed with me, and I said in my mind, My hopes are lost by me, and I weeted no way of escaping blame, but to call for a lute, saying, I will show you what escaped her in the air she played. Quoth the folk, We hear and obey. So they brought me a lute, and I tuned the strings and sang these verses. This is thy friend perplexed for pain and pine, then amour down whose breast coarse drops of brine. He hath this hand to the compassionate raised, for winning wish, and that of hearts is lean. O thou who seest one love perishing, his death is caused by those hands and eyne. Whereupon the damsel sprang up, and throwing herself at my feet, kissed them, and said, it is thine to excuse, O my master. By Allah, I knew not thy quality, nor heard I ever the like of this performance. And all began extolling me and making much of me, being beyond measure delighted. And at last they besought me to sing again. So I sang a merry air, whereupon they all became drunken with music and wine. Their wits left them, and they were carried off to their homes while I abode alone with the host and the girl. He drank some cups with me, and then said, O oh, my lord, my life hath been lived in vain, for that I have not known the like of thee till the present. Now, by Allah, tell me who thou art, that I may ken who is the cup companion whom Allah has bestowed on me this night. At first I returned him evasive answers, and would not tell him my name. But he conjured me till I told him who I was, whereupon he sprang to his feet. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 34 Read by Lars Rolander